Welcome back to another episode of GEMS Podcast with Genesis Amaris Kemp, where the core pillars are to educate, inspire, and motivate. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this segment. Welcome back to GEMS Podcast. I am the founder and host, Miss Genesis Amaris Kemp, and my special guest with me is Trisha Stefankowitz. And here is a bit about Trisha. She's a registered dietitian nutritionist, RDN, who has been practicing nutrition education for over 15 years. She helps women over 40 who are premenopausal, hormonal, or carrying around an extra 20 to 30 pounds that they cannot seem to shake. You know what to do and are ready and willing to make the change to get your life and confidence back, but don't know where to start. She's here to help walk you through the journey of whole health to empower you to transform your life from the inside out so that you can begin the journey of ultimate fulfillment in who you are and how you show up in your life. This is done through a plan individualized to you, meeting you where you are right now using motivation, accountability, and evidence-based practices. She is also the founder of the podcast, Women Health Empowerment Project. So without further ado, please welcome Trisha Stefankowitz to GEMS Podcast. Hi, so nice to be here. Thank you, Trisha, and happy Friday to you. And before we dive in, we're going to have an icebreaker. So I want you... (laughs) I want you to share either a crazy fact or a fun and interesting fact about you. Is there anything interesting about me? Let me think. Something crazy. Really? This is my icebreaker? Wait, hold on. Let me think of something. Let me think of something. It's always, it's always funny. Well, I feel like, so I'm a mom to like a little boy and I feel like the last five years he has sucked a little life out of me. So I'm like, well, five years ago when I was fun, what, what, what was it that I really liked to do? You know, and I, I can't even remember. It seems like so far away. What is fun about me? Oh, I, when I was in college, I worked at Disney World for the summer. That was pretty fun. Ooh. That is fun. super cool. You don't make a lot of money, but it was like really great. You go through this whole thing, like called like Disney University. So you learn a lot of like different skills that, you know, that help you later on in life. But yeah, so that that's my, after much, you know, after much thinking about it, that would be my fun fact. That is super me. cool. Yeah, it's fun. You live in like this community of, with other college students and then you're all together in this community and then you go to work at Disney. So it, again, I don't know that it was like, super, um, you know, I don't know that it was, I, I didn't come home making lots of money. It wasn't lucrative, but it was really great in terms of experience and what I learned. So did you go to college in um, Florida by any chance? Nope. I went to college in Pennsylvania. I live in Philly and I interviewed to, and again, like this was, this was like 1997. So it's a long time ago. And so I basically interviewed and, uh, I think they were just starting to come to the college campuses. And so you interview at different, they interview at different campuses and I was able to get the job. So it was fun. 
Oh, super cool. I've only Mm -hmm. been to Disney once and I have a crazy story. My husband and I did three parks in half a day and we drove in between the parks. So he was the driver and I was the one doing the fast passes. So we ride our rides, then hurry up, run back to the car. I would load up the next fast passes and on to the next park. Super crazy. We would not do that again. Sounds horrible. Horrible. I had never been to Disney at the time when I went there. So it was just like, so it was nice that you could kind of go in and out as you please. I think going back and forth, I mean, that must have been exhausting for you. And then you have children. Ay, 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 that's a lot. So this was like a pre-kids. So um, it was like kind of super cool because we were like the big kids. And um, now we talk about it. I was like, oh, I would love to, t- you know, take our daughter to Disney, you know, whenever she's here. And he's like, no, we're going to wait till she gets older. So it's memorable. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. So I love that icebreaker because we actually had some commonality there. Not that I worked at Disney, but my crazy Disney story. So let's jump into your subject matter expertise, which is you being a dietitian, but helping women who are um, starting where they are now, focusing on those overall health, wellness, and self-care practices to just give themselves a holistic approach. So I always like to ask my guests to start with laying the foundation first, letting people know what is a registered dietitian? What does your day-to-day activities look like? So they could connect the dots because for you out, for you listeners out there and viewers, sometimes you confuse a dietitian with a nutritionist and they're totally different. So Trisha, from your experience, please share the difference between a dietitian and a nutritionist and what you do day in and day out. Hi. Yeah. Thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to talk about that. So, yeah. So I am, I know the nutrition space is very confusing. There's health practitioners out there. There's health coaches, there's nutritionists, there's registered dietitians. So a registered dietitian basically has to go to school. So we are probably like the people who are probably the most educated, I would say, when it comes to nutrition. Other people will be like, oh, my doctor, doctors don't usually get a lot of education when it comes to nutrition. So a registered dietitian typically gets about four years of um, undergrad or whatever, four years of education. And then in order to become a dietitian, you have to work essentially for free for a year and you are trained. So you have over a thousand hours of experience. Um, so then you sit for an exam, a registration exam. I have like, um, the American dietetic association is responsible for us as practitioners. So, um, every state is different. So registered dietitian is our credential. If you've sat for that, um, if you've gone through all that training and you've sat for that exam now, nutritionist is basically somebody who, um, who has so it really just depends. There's no real oversight. So as a dietitian, there's oversight. We have an organization that oversees, we have ethics that we have to follow. We have rules that we have to follow. Um, so that is a national standard for the United States. A nutritionist can be, and it varies state by state. So I live in the state of Pennsylvania. In the state of Pennsylvania, we are, you are not allowed to call yourself a nutritionist unless you're also a dietitian. But that varies from state to state, which is very confusing for consumers. So for instance, if you live in California, you can call yourself a nutritionist and that's okay, but registered dietitian and nutritionist aren't the same thing. So typically with like a nutritionist or a health coach, 
there's not one organization organization that oversees um, oversees that credentialing. And there's not one school that people go to to be able to get the, the, the criteria to do that. So you may have completed a, somebody may have completed like a, like a coaching program that was eight weeks or 10 weeks, and then they can call themselves a health coach, or they may have, you know, had a couple years of experience of doing something else. And then all of a sudden they're a nutritionist. So there's nobody to really like have that oversight. And what makes it difficult is that there are rules that I have to follow as a dietitian, because there is an organization that oversees me. I have ethical rules that I have to follow. And if you're um, a nutritionist or a health coach, you don't have to follow those same rules. And so it gets a little bit confusing. And then there's doctors that can say, oh, you know, just because they have the credentials that they're a physician, that they are, you know, that they have education in nutrition. And when in fact, they probably don't, um, most doctors get very little training in nutrition unless they have, you know, there are doctors that have sat and gotten um, more education, but that's not usually how, that's not usually as common. That's really interesting because I had no idea that depending on where you are statewide, things change because then that could definitely confuse someone who is trying to collaborate with someone else in the space, but then they don't necessarily have the quote unquote same credentials or they may not have the same uh, rules and regulatory compliance to follow. Mm -hmm. So then the communication lines could easily become blurb or et cetera. And I feel like whenever you're in this space, just from the outside looking in, just putting context there, I think that it should be the same across the board because you never know when you may want to work with someone who's not in your state. Like especially a lot of businesses have taking, um, taken their approach in the online space due to the pandemic. So mm -hmm. if a nutritionist could do it, a dietitian can as well. And the fact that the nutritionists don't have some of the same credentials to follow as a dietitian, people could probably argue like, well, are you even certified to give me this information or what holds you accountable? Well, yeah, what makes it confusing is that, look, I'm not saying that there's not space for health practitioners and for, for nutritionists. I think there is. I think when you're dealing with things like obesity, right? It's such an epidemic that whoever you feel like helps you, if you feel like they can help you and you're able to do something that you feel is safe and that you can do forever, then that's great. But as a registered dietitian, I'm like, we are the professionals that are trained to deal with people who have comorbidities. So if you have heart disease, if you're on dialysis, if you have diabetes, really a nutrition coach or nutritionist shouldn't be giving you that information. Um, because think about it, if you were going to work in a hospital or at a dialysis center or a nursing home, it, you wouldn't be able to do that as a nutritionist or a health coach. You would only be able to do that as a dietitian because those credentials are part of it. And, it's, and, and in terms of like, yeah, this whole online space, it gets even more confusing because as a dietitian, there are, I can practice in my state, um, but there's other states that I can't practice in. And I can only do like, it, it's very specific and deliberate in what I can do and what I can't do. So as a nutritionist and a health coach, because there's, it's, it's a little bit more of a wild, wild west, there's not as many rules. There's a lot more that they are probably able to do. Um, 
so yeah, it gets, it gets really tricky. And honestly, like, I think people don't care. They just really want the results that they want. But I would say that if you have like multiple things or multiple disease states, you really want to go to somebody who's a professional that has that knowledge, because that's when I think it can be a little bit more harmful because you, you, you want somebody who has the expertise and has gone to school to know the topic, as opposed to somebody who took like an eight week course or a 12 week course and then has deemed themselves, you know, like a professional in that space. Absolutely. And thank you for adding the clarification there and expounding upon it. So Tricia, in your line of work, I know you uh, like to work with women who are 40 plus. Uh So why are these women your ideal avatar? What, what made you gravitate to this pool? So, um, I worked in hospital for many years, for like 15 years, and I would see these people and they would come in and I worked at the time in critical care. So they were really, really sick. And so it's so hard when people are that sick to make any health changes, because it's almost like if they can get through the process, right, they're in a place where they're now like having to make all these changes that are so hard to do. And I felt like I wanted a place where I was able to do more prevention and myself, I'm over 40. So I feel like that was kind of like an easy way to go because I understand that population because that is me too. And so I feel like, you know, there's a lot of like things that start to happen. You're not quite there yet, but there are things that start to happen when you're over 40 that like, it doesn't like, I don't know, like, I just felt like that was a space that I could help people because and and to really normalize what it looks like, because I feel like at 40, you're in this place that like, you've had kids, there's other stuff going on in your life, you're just trying to get by. And then you see your all these people on social media, and they look great. And you're like, how do they look so great? And I'm like, freaking struggling here to get to my day to day, um, you know, like, just the day to day things that you need to do, let alone adding all this wellness into it. So I wanted a place where I could really start to to normalize what it looks like to be 40 and to normalize what it looks like to be healthy at 40, that it doesn't mean that you have to have this, you know, that you have to make these big changes that you can do things a little bit over time to get to the result that you want to do. So I think that's kind of why I gravitated to it. Mm, Okay. And that makes sense because you're in the age group. So you kind of understand, well, not kind of, because everyone- I do understand. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm there, unfortunately. You understand what is taking place, even though what someone may be going through may be different than what you're going through, but you could relate and you being able to relate is relevant. And people like to connect with someone who's in the same lane with them, in my opinion. So what are some of the challenges that you see reoccurring that these women come to you with? And what is your advice to give them that overall holistic view when it comes to health and wellness? Yeah, I think a lot of times what happens is, is like, so for this population and probably for women in general, weight loss is like a big, big thing. Weight loss, I think it's the perception of what your body looks like, how it's changed um, during for pregnancies or just with aging in general. There's a lot of mindset stuff that goes along in this, in this population. And I think like I think like we're just so busy trying to get through life that we're not really taking the time and taking care of ourselves because we're taking care of everybody else. And so what I would say, and I think why another reason why I like this population is just like kind of starting where you're at. So I'm never a fan 
um, of being like, oh, let's hundred percent, you know, dive in and make a hundred health changes at one time, because I've seen that a million times and it doesn't work. And I usually just try to be, and my focus is usually just kind of starting where you're at and being consistent. So, you know, I've worked with many patients, many different disease states, and it doesn't, there's like this idea that like, just because I know what to do that I'm going to be able to do it. And it doesn't happen like that. Just because you know, something doesn't mean that you'll be able to do it and that you'll be able to do it for the long term. And so I like to normalize that and also to normalize what is, what works for your friend that lost hundred pounds might be very different than what will work for you. Because I think we all put ourselves in this box of like, well, so-and-so has this and they lost weight this way. So I'm going to try it, even though it might not even fit your lifestyle and you might not even really want to do it. And you might not want to give up on those things. So my approach is, you know, trying to be a little bit more gentler with yourself, kind of starting where you're at, making one health change at a time. And then as you get better at that one thing, then adding something on over top of it and then being consistent with that change. And over time, that's what's gonna get you to where you want to be. And just a lot of mindset stuff. I think on my podcast, I talk a lot about like the mindset part that comes along with all of this and the things that we tell ourselves that we've never challenged and we don't even stop to think in the day like what we are telling ourselves. And we've been probably doing that for 20 years and we have never even thought about it or had the space or made the space to make that happen. Absolutely. I really like what you said with starting where you're at, because then you're tackling, okay, this is where I am. And you're coming to grips with that because some people could very, very well be in denial. And then once you come into grips with where you're at, then you start to build a plan to get you to where you want to go. But you have to go beyond the surface level and really dig deep and then uncover those paradigms. Okay, what are some limiting thoughts you have? Um, Get rid of the imposter syndrome because part of the imposter syndrome is that comparison comparing yourself with other women on social media and you know a a picture could always paint you a picture but that may not necessarily be real then another thing I like to tell some of my clients is don't see it as a diet see it as a lifestyle change because if you approach it that way then you're going to want to stick to it because there's a lot of diets that come and go and fade and you definitely don't want to keep like going up on this roller coaster ride oh I'm going to try this it worked. Now it doesn't and whatnot, because it's not really conditioning your body. And then also having a food journal that like that worked for me whenever I was having some GI issues and I had to take a step back and listen to my body. And I was like, okay, what am I putting in my body and how is it making me feel? And I would write it down. And then when it got to a point where like these stomach cramps and aches became really bad, I was like, okay, this is my body telling me something is not right. So I went to a gastrointestinologist. And then from there, if that wasn't going to work, then my next step was going to be a dietitian to kind of help me correlate what the GI doctor was saying versus what the dietitian was saying and merge it together. And I feel like whenever you are going through these lifestyle changes, because when your body changes as you get older, like you're doing premenopausal and different stuff, um, those hormonal imbalances can also play into how you are feeling and how your body reacts to certain foods and environmental things. So would you like to build upon that, Trisha? Oh, yeah. I mean, 
that's so the the my podcast is called the Whole Health Empowerment Project podcast. And the rationale for that is that when it comes to food, it's not just what you're eating, right? Agree. Like I don't believe in diets. I think there are some things that if you have health conditions, sure, you need to follow different ways of eating to minimize the impact of that disease that you have. But it's not just diet. There's a lot of mental health that goes into it. Like, I think people oversimplify weight, like weight gain as like, oh, you just eat less. It's way more than that. It's a mindset. And so why I said that the whole health is because it also encompasses like um, sleeping and hormonal things. So it's just this whole umbrella of things um, that are not just nutrition focused. It's, it's a whole bunch of stuff. So sleep is a really big one. I mean, you and I were talking about that. There's hormone imbalances that happen as you get older that are worsened when you don't sleep. So there's a, there's a multitude of things. And by the way, like agreed with your whole, like it's a lifestyle, the the approaching, I think health as a lifestyle makes much more sense because you're going to have times when you're going to be doing really great and things are going to feel like that you're on the right trajectory but that's life is so imperfect that you're going to have times that it's up and it's down and there's going to be bumps along the way. And that's how it's supposed to be. I don't know why we think it has to be perfect. It's not, it's not linear. It's going to be, they're going to have times when you're, it's going to be easier for you in time that it's going to be harder. And I think like normalizing that is kind of what we all need to kind of do. Like it's normal. You're going to have times after, you know, they're going to have times that it's going to be a lot harder than other times. And so you know, just kind of going through the life changes of that, because as you age, it's going to be different. As you have kids, it's going to be different. There's just so many factors that, that take that into consideration. Absolutely. And I love the name of your podcast, by the way, (laughs) because (laughs) I think everything needs to be at a whole. You have to look at all components that play into your overall um, health and wellness, because there are different factors that complement other ones. So Trisha, whenever you think about, you know, some practical tips that you give to your clients, and I know since you work on individualization, it's going to be different, but are there some common tips that you could share with the listeners and viewers so they could either be mindful of where they are currently and their lifestyle and what they can do to, you know, start to move the needle forward? Yeah, I think the most important thing is kind of see where you're at. So I have so many things. I'll just share a couple, but like, I think the first thing is kind of starting where you're at and seeing what you're at and seeing where you are in terms of, are you ready to make a change? Right. So a lot of times I think that we aren't ready to make a change where there's like a whole change of stages of change model. And like, if you're not in a place that you can make a change and you're not ready to make a change, then don't make the change because most likely you're going to fail at it. So first kind of like evaluate, are you doing it for you or are you doing it for somebody else? That's the first thing. Second thing I would say is most people, when it comes to health, it it talks about like, it's usually dieting with women, right? I don't believe that diets work. And I think what ends up happening is we look back at all the things that we failed at, and then we carry that around. Oh, I failed at this. I failed at that. But I want you to re- I want you to kind of look at that in a different way and looking at it as like, what did you learn about yourself from that? Because what happens is, is if we carry this around, like I did this and I failed at this, it like kind of continues to have this belief that you're not going to be able to do whatever it is you're trying to do. 
because you've now like talked yourself out of it or told yourself that you can't do it. And so what I think about the whole like dieting is yes, change it now the mindset to like a lifestyle, but then also looking about what you learned from those past behaviors, because most likely there's something along that process that you did that worked for you. There's something that worked for you because if you were able to do it, even for like a week, something worked there. So what I would say is like kind of pull that out of what worked for you in the past and try to build on that. There's going to be things that didn't work and that's important too. And then there's things that work and try to pull that out and see it and then reframe it that it wasn't something that you failed at. It was something that you learned and that you needed to learn along the way. And then the third thing, because, you know, I don't want to take up all your time is the consistency. So I think a lot of times we all know what to do, but it's being consistent, but consistent gets you really gets you to the place of change. But I think we undervalue that. Um, so what I would say is, is to try to be as consistent as possible. And it doesn't have to be a big change, by the way, it can be something really small. So my advice is always start where you're at, um, forgive yourself for anything that you've done and then start small. So for you today, maybe your goal is to drink more water. So maybe that be your goal, try to figure out a way that you can do that. And then after you practice that and you're more consistent with that, then add on another change that you can do. I think we really, we want things so fast that we undervalue the idea of consistency. And so I would say that as long as you're doing behavior, the more you practice it, the better you're going to get, the more you can build onto another behavior. I like that. And I was over here like taking notes because I'm going to put this in the show notes. So you said evaluate, evaluate where you are. Then you said, number two, diets don't work. And I put, look at it from the vantage point of what you learn, because what you learn, then you could build upon it. And what you, what didn't work, you just discard it. And three, I love consistency. I always say consistency is key. It gets you to the place of change. And then of course I put forgive yourself and start small because sometimes people do not forgive themselves or give grace and mercy. And you have to, you know, be lenient with yourself. It's hard to do though, because I think what happens is, is you have all these years built up of like, oh gosh, I've done this and I I failed at this and then I've done this and then I failed at that. And I think that ends up being a really key piece when it comes to like limiting and not being able to make behavior change. It's just the stuff that we tell ourselves that we don't even know is there that we just carry around. And again, like, I think we're so busy taking care of everybody else that we just don't ever sit by ourselves to unpack that. And so that, you know, again, that comes into play the whole mindset piece as well. Amazing. And man, 30 minutes went by so fast. So we're going to jump into our call to action, Trisha. And I want you to leave the listeners and the viewers with your call to action for this segment. What do you want them to do once they finish listening to this recording? I would love them to head on over to my website, um, trishard.com. And there's some information there. I have a couple of freebies there. Um, still working on some other freebies, but, and then also, I mean, I think that if this topic resonates with you, where you're going to probably find me the most is on my podcast. I feel like I am on social media, but the topics that I shared here, I really dive deep into on my podcast, which is whole health empowerment project, you know, whole health empowerment project. 
So I think like, if this is something that interests you, there's so many more topics like this. Um, and I like to do like yearly, I like to do like a whole health series where I talk about different disease states. And so I'll have one coming up in May. So definitely head over there and subscribe and then listen to that. And you'll have some really fun stuff coming in May. And there you have it. And y'all know this is gems where we drop gems to help you educate yourself, inspire and motivate. We're all in this together. So I want you to give yourself grace and mercy. And remember, every time you go through something, it's a lesson that you learn. And if you're not learning, then you're not growing. So just love on yourself, even if you need to give yourself a big old hug and just say that it's okay to just recharge and refuel yourself. And then get back going again. You may not be where you want to be right now, but that does not mean you're not going to get there. So keep that in mind. And Trisha is here to help you. All of her contact information will be in the show notes. So make sure you connect with her and go check out her podcast so you can learn about some healthy tips and etc. to jumpstart your journey. And make sure you subscribe and share this segment. We are on 40 plus platforms. Also connect with us over on YouTube for all things video content. And you could do so by doing at gems with Genesis Amaris Kent. And lastly, but not least, we are looking for brand sponsors and ambassadors for this podcast. So you can have your products and services heard right here where we are ranked in the top 3% globally out of 2.8 million podcasts per www.listennotes.com and head on over to genesisamariskemp.net to find out more information and connect further. Until next time, peace, love, and lots of blessings. Have yourself an amazing day and you can do it. Just start. Thank you for listening to another segment of GEMS Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this recording. Make sure you like, comment, share, and subscribe to GEMS Podcast on your audio platform as well as our YouTube channel, GEMS with Genesis Mars Kemp. We would love for you to be a sponsor so please reach out via email at gems, G-E-M-S, with W-I-T-H, Genesis, G-E-N-E-S-I-S, Amaris, A-M-A-R-I-S, Kemp, K-E-M-P, at gmail.com, where your brand, your swag, your services can be here on GEMS Podcasts.